Welcome to Leadership Revealed, where John Paul shares his no-nonsense approach to all things leadership and scaling businesses. John interviews some of the most successful people in their industries to see what it takes to become a great leader. Be prepared for the truth about leadership and business. Please welcome your host, serial entrepreneur and top-selling author, John Paul. So the title of this podcast is, If You Want To Go Fast, Go Alone, But If You Want To Go Further, Go Together. Now, I absolutely love that title because it's everything that I promote in business. It's everything I want in business. I want to be surrounded by people who are better than me in all aspects of business. Um, but I do understand why people are a little bit apprehensive about having business partners, about allowing people into that inner circle and inner sanctum of the business. And that could be for a variety of reasons, which I'm going to talk about in a second. But the point of the title and the point of this podcast is, if you want a truly systemized, well-run, growing, scalable business that can, that can give you pretty much everything you want, then you're going to have to let people in at some point. And again, that could be employees, that could be a business partner, it could be you know anybody else. But the point is, if you want a business, you're going to have to share. Now, there's some upsides and there's some downsides. And again, we're going to talk about that in a second. Um, now, don't get me wrong. I've been bitten by business partners. We've been bitten by um, uh, staff. That sounds really wrong, but I think you know where I'm getting at. Um, and it's made me question, am I doing things right? Should I be doing this again? But all it comes back to is, what is your vision? Where do you want to take the business? What do you want for yourself and your family? And what do you want the business to look like in 5, 10, 15 years into the future? So just to give you a bit of a background, I started the business off in 2008. It was purely me, um, had some staff, didn't really know how to grow a business, didn't really know how to manage and lead staff um, in the, the true tradition of the word. It was just I would work hard, hard the hardest, I'd be there the first, I'd, I'd leave the last. And yes, that is a type of leadership style if you want, but it wasn't methodical, it wasn't planned, it wasn't like a strategy, it was just I'm going to work harder than everybody else. Um, I've got myself a business partner, probably about five years ago now, absolutely horrendous, horrific. The guy's values were completely misaligned with ours, and it wasn't a bad breakup as such. It was a case of, I had to buy him out. Um, but to be fair, you know, I had all the leverage. He, he couldn't run a bath, let alone a, a letting or a state agency. So, so really, we got out of it a lot less... Um, the cost was a lot less than what what he actually bought into it, so it was a, it was a good one for us, and we got um, we got the business back. <clears throat> now, Adele, my amazing MD, as you guys all know, has been with me for a number of years now, probably about eight nine years. And when she started going through the ranks, it actually wasn't that difficult to sort of let go to Adele. Now, the biggest reason I can explain, or the biggest um, sort of genuine reason I can think of, is the fact that our values are completely aligned. Literally, if she says something, I take it as red. It's happened. If I say something, she completely trusts me and take it as red. So a good example of this is if um, we need to performance manage somebody out of the business or we need to let somebody go. She comes to me and she says, oh, I've let Fred go or Sarah's gone. Great. I don't even question it. She might offer more um, information, but I never ask because I trust her decisions. Same when we're recruiting. If she says, oh, there's a new lady called you know, Claire Starton or there's a new bloke, John Starton. Fantastic, great, because I trust her implicitly. And look, even when she gets it wrong, um, you know, we say, well, what would have I have done different? I would have done the exact same thing in her situation, therefore I would have been wrong. 
So that's that element of trust and trust builds up over a period of time. You don't start working with somebody and trust them. Even if they come with an amazing reputation, you know, trust is something that you need to experience and comes from you um, when you start working with somebody. So from a, a trust point of view and perspective, I suppose, even though she's not my business partner, I felt as though she was a business partner, so I trust everything Adele does. Um, a couple of years after that, a couple of years after we got rid of one business partner, I went into a partnership with another fella. And, you know, it was different this time. We sort of courted, if you like, a little bit first. We, we sort of got to know each other. I went to visit him at his, where he was living. He came over here. He saw the business. He's, a, he's been a very successful businessman in his own right in the past. And we shared the same vision. We also shared the same values, albeit I thought we did right in the beginning. And it was just ratified. And that was just... Uh, absolutely the stamp of approval was put on that about four, five, six months later. So in the beginning, it was a case of, look, I, I like this guy. I like what he's got to say. He can offer immense value. But more importantly, he's a good guy. He is a good bloke, and I, I can definitely work with him. And so that, and we've been working together probably about four years now, and we dipped our toe in the water. So we bought a, a small business together, and then we bought another one, then another one, and then we became full-fledged business partners. Now, the beauty of that is that you can leverage their knowledge and their experience, right? But I can completely understand why people do not want to open up. And there's a couple of reasons why people don't like business partners or they don't like opening up to the staff. So if you just take the word business partner and you can interchange that with trusted staff, because it's exactly the same thing. If you're trusting somebody or a business partner to do one aspect of the business or look after one aspect of the business, you know, other businesses won't have a business partner as such, but they will have uh, an MD or an area manager or branch manager, office manager, whatever the title is, who would do that piece of work. So they're interchangeable. It's whatever it is, you are opening yourself up to another individual, be that a business partner or a high level management team, somebody part of the senior management team. So the reasons that people don't like business partners, and I've, I've come up with the four main ones. The first one is you've been bitten before. I was. I can totally understand why you wouldn't want to put yourself through that. Because albeit when I split up with my uh, first business partner, it wasn't a great time. It, it wasn't that bad. I didn't have any sleepless nights. I knew I was going to get the company back. I knew I was going to get it back cheaper than what, what he bought in for. And, and I just, it, it wasn't a difficult time. However, it was a frustrating time. It was a little bit, we can't do this. We've got to go get their approval or their permission. Or I wonder what this person says or that person says. It was more of a pain in the arse. It was an inconvenience, I think is a, a good way of putting it. So you've been bitten before, you don't want to trust people. But that's a, that's a case of, you know, I had a bad girlfriend or boyfriend back in the day, so therefore I'm going to be celibate and single for the rest of my life. It just doesn't work like that. At some point, you've got to get over it, learn from your mistakes, understand what went well, but understand more importantly what didn't go well and find out why it didn't go well. So next time an opportunity presents itself... You can have the processes or something in place to make sure that that didn't happen. And that's exactly what we did when I got my new business partner. It was a case of, right, well, where do you want to take the business? What's the ideas? How do you want to run it? Who's going to do this? Who's going to do that? Operational uh, duties from a day -to -day business, uh, uh, on a day-to-day -day basis. You know, finances. It was all pretty much sorted from day one. And to be fair, my business partner said, I don't want to run it, John you know, you and Adele are going to run it, which was great, which was brilliant. The second reason that people don't like business partners is they think that nobody can work as well as me. 
right? So nobody thinks, everybody thinks that, look, I'm the bee's knees. You can't, you don't know enough about um, this side of the business or that side of the business. And that actually dovetails into the third reason, and this is quite an arrogant one, is nobody is as clever as I am. So those two things are a little bit of a, an ego thing. You've got a um, slightly inflated opinion of yourself. You think by bringing a business partner in, they can't do it as well as me. And this, again, is for, for business owners who own the business without a business partner because I see this day in, day out, time in, time out, where people think that they can't let go because their staff can't do the work as, as well as them. Do you know what? That might be the case. That absolutely might be the case. You might be the best valuer on the planet. You might have a conversion rate of about 80%, 85%, which is ridiculously high. Your valuer employee or a valuer business partner or whatever might come in and there might be 70 75%. So you're thinking, right, well, I've lost 10 15% conversion. Right, but you're out of that business now. You can work on it rather than in it, is that, that cheesy, well-known phrase is. So how do I get back that 15%? Could I do it by improving the process? Could I do it by more prospecting, therefore it gives me more bites at the cherry? Could I tweak, test and adapt the business in any way, shape or form? Because don't forget, I was outvaluing 24-7-365 and now I'm not. Now I've got 40, 50, 60 hours a week where I can work on the business and do things. So for every con, there's definitely a pro. Now for me, I know that some people in my business won't be able to do certain aspects as well as I can. But I'm fine with letting them do it. One, over time they will get better than me. Two, they clearly enjoy it better than me because I don't particularly like giving up things I, I enjoy. You know, I don't, if I enjoy something, I want to continue doing it. So, you know, I love researching, um, uh, latest marketing techniques, tips and tricks, management, training and development. I'll look, I'll look at the theory and then I'll try and implement it or pass it. <laughs> more accurately, I'll pass it on to Adele or the team to implement it. Now, once that's implemented, if it works, brilliant, fantastic, we'll run with it. If it doesn't, great, we'll kick it at the curb and we'll, we'll start again, we'll try something else. But the point is, they are better at implementation than I am. I've got a very, very short attention span when it comes to detail. I get frustrated and I just, ugh, it's not for me, it's just not for me. So I've employed people better than me. Are they, can they work, come up with the ideas, the strategy? No. But are they better at implementing the tactics? 100% yes. So I'm not as arrogant to think that they're not as clever as me, and in their own way they are more clever than I am. And then the last reason that people don't like business partners is because they want 100% of everything. They are complete control freaks, don't want to give things up, and they've got like a little two, three, four-person operation in the real estate industry or any industry, and they're saying, right, this is mine, That's all I've. this is all I've got, I'm not going to give it up. Now, when I had one, two, three branches, I thought the same thing. We grew it to six branches with a business partner and we've grown it to 10 with another business partner and we're going to grow it and grow it and grow it and grow it. So I would rather have a large percentage of a 20, 30, 40 brancher than 100% of a one or two brancher and working in the business. Because not only when you grow a business does it force you to get out of the business and have a true business in the sense of the word, as in it can operate without you, but it does allow you to grow your, your capital wealth. So believe it or not, it stands to reason, when if I sold a single branch that I'm integral to, I'm not going to get a lot of money. But if I sold a 20-branch network where I don't run the business and I've got a management team and we've got finance and we've got a marketing department, I'm going to get a hefty chunk of change. I'm going to damn sure I'm going to get a lot more than what I am with one business. 
And also when you've got a larger business, you know, it, there's, there's a lot of ancillary products and supplies that you can, and, and opportunities you can get into as well. So for me, it was all about growing an empire. It was all about sharing the, the, the risk, but you also share the reward. And you've got to get used to that idea as well. You know, there are some decisions when it comes to bonuses and, um, you know, those types of things that you've got to share. You've got to listen to your business partner's ideas. You've got to listen to your, your MD's ideas. And the good thing is you come up with a better idea. If you're in charge and it's only you, you will come across with your idea. And I don't think anyone's arrogant enough to think they're right 100% of the time. So therefore, if you're making 100% of the, the decisions, taking 100% of the risks, then you're not right all the time. You are knowingly making the wrong decision. But when you've got a board as we have, then they constructively challenge you. They ask you why you think that way. They make you think differently. And again, you come up with a collective um, result, a collective idea that is much better than if you were on your own. So it's a very positive thing not having 100% of everything. Um, I mean, you don't actually have to have business partners, but you do have to have trusted people. So say we were at a five-brancher or a four-brancher and I, and I had Adele, and she's my MD and she runs it. Um, the fact is that we've got that sort of a relationship where she can challenge my thinking, she can challenge the decisions I make in the, in the right way, and I can sit back and reflect and say, do you know what, that's a very good point, I'm, I'm going to change my idea, I'm going to change change my, how to implement it or the idea as a whole. Um, it, they, they share the burden and they share the stress. It is very stressful being a business owner, especially with COVID. It is very, very stressful. For three months, I don't think any of us had an idea how it was how it was going to go. Now we are very lucky because we are you know we manage a couple of thousand um, properties under fully managed. So for us, it was just furlough the staff, take it back to basics, and you know we had that income coming in, and you know we were incredibly profitable for the three months, and then the sales fell off a cliff. Not going to lie. And then as soon as furlough ended, as we all know, there was just that glut of activity. But that's going to end. So, you know, a, a prudent, wise business decision is we're just going to stockpile the cash. You know, so all that profit from the three months, all the grants, all the loans we've took advantage of, and we're just stockpiling the cash. So that that burden, that stress that, that comes across with such a, you know, a pandemic, a, a once in a generation, once in a lifetime worldwide issue, you can share that with, with the people. Yes, you want to take it mostly on your shoulders because, let's be honest, we're men, or some most of us are men, we've got an ego and we want to protect our staff and our, our the people we care and trust, which is only natural. It's that, it's that instinct. But, you know, when you do have issues and you do have problems, it is nice um, to share that. Also, Adele is much, 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 much better at quite a lot of things than I am when it comes to the business. So the detail, she's very, very good at the detail. She's also very, very good at training and developing people. I, I like it, but I get bored very easy. Adele could do it day in, day out. She just loves coaching, that nurturing, that supervising people and just getting the best out of them. One of my business partners, Matt, he's, a, he's an accountant and a solicitor. Or Well, sorry, he, he was an accountant and he turned, he, he turned the dark side and became a, a solicitor when he practiced for five years. He's very astute. He's very, very clever at this sort of thing. He's quite risk averse, or he's very methodical, and he thinks that he thinks things through, and he, he comes up with the right answer. Um, but what he does is he is so, so much better at, at the legal side and the policy side. Reads, reads a contract, 
sees the sees the, the you know the pitfalls and the issues potential issues right from the beginning and because he's that way inclined he is the steady steady eddy he's the steadying influence of the team she's like right jp that's a great idea but have we got this have we got that you know i'm ready out the door i've got the plan implemented because that is my strength i'm the you know visionary that the sort of comes up with a big picture the, the strategy and they know that and i know that Matt knows where his strengths lie and he knows where his weaknesses lie. Adele knows that the same the same thing. And then we've got a really, really good FD um, in Neil, who is an accounts, and he is even more risk-averse than Matt. So it's it's a really, really good team that one's on the numbers, one's on the law and the policy, one's on the operations, and one's on the ideas and the vision and the strategy. So that in itself is a really, really good team. So I understand that all those three people I've mentioned are, are so much better at their respected uh, respective departments than I am. That's brilliant because I'm not interested in it. I'm not very good at it. And I think the reason I'm not interested in it because I'm not very strong in those areas. Um, I don't enjoy every aspect of the business. So I don't enjoy looking at legal contracts. I don't enjoy, you know, going through them with a fine tooth comb, all the policies and everything that's been sent across for us to sign up with a new software provider. Matt enjoys that. I don't enjoy, you know, going through the money claim online process in order to try and chase landlords for money or tenants for money or, or vendors or whoever it may be I don't enjoy that Matt does well I don't think he enjoys it but he's very good at it and he doesn't mind it um, and you can't grow a business if you are doing everything so if I'm a holder in the bloody stationery or if I'm popping up to get the coffee from the shop because we've run out then how the hell can I grow the business it's so so difficult when you're doing all the boring mundane little generic things to come up with big ideas so you've got to get in the flow of that so when that when i'm coming up with ideas i lock myself in my office at home i'll have two two and a half hours where it's just top high level strategy and i'll just come up with all the ideas i don't want to go to work and get pulled from pillar to post and talking about this and talking about that and this tenant's done this and this buyer's done that it doesn't interest me because i know that you're not going to get the best out of me when we're talking crap like that it's not going to happen so that is the main reason that if you want to go further you need to go with a team you need to trust your team you need to let go to your team guys they're going to make mistakes the worst thing you can do and what does it say the worst thing you can do is say right i'm taking that back off you if you've got kids the first time they try to ride a bike without stabilizers if they fell off what did you do did you push them off the bike and say, right, I'm riding the bike for you because I'm much better at it than you? Or did you say, no, 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 come on, howie son, howie sweetheart, get back on the bike, let's give it another go, let's give it another go, let's give it another go. My son Jack, he's just started playing cricket and we had him in the garden last night and we're just going over his ball in action over and over and over and over and over and over again, right? And in the first five minutes, it was horrendous. He looked as though he was going to dislocate his shoulder um, but after 10, 15 minutes, he absolutely got a bang on. That's because he just tried and tried and tried and tried again. And I coached him. No, you've got to get your left arm up high, son. You've got to stamp down with your left foot, swing through with your right. Try and, you know, and that's the thing, how you've got to do it with, with your staff as well. You can't do it for them. Do not take it off them. Let them keep on trying and attempting it. Critically analyse it. Coach them, support them, nurture them, and make sure um, they get there in the end. So that's it, guys, for uh, this edition of Leadership Reveals. Hope you've enjoyed it. Hope you take note. Hope if you've got business partners or you're thinking about it, you, you really take some of the advice 
and you put it into practice. And we'll see you next time on Leadership Revealed.